Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark. I'm the CEO and your host for the show today. And again, I have a very, very special friend of mine on the show today. This guy embodies true health and true fitness, and he also embodies the zest for life. I mean, you can't see this on a podcast, but he's actually wearing a Hawaiian shirt, very festive. (laughs) (laughs) He looks great all the time. He's got amazing energy. His name is Nick Knudsen. And Nick, again, is a great friend of mine. He's the founder of Wild Joy. He is considered part coach, part chef, and he uses a steel knife and cast iron pan to teach people how to radically present, cook healthy, and live handsome. Or live, no, well, live handsome, sure. Live <laughs> handsome, live beautiful, and live awesome. You know, Look, I've been going to the gym every single day for the last two weeks, literally every single day. I hired a trainer and everything else. And you know what? The weights and all that, that's really only 20% of getting fit. Nick, welcome to the show. You take care of the other 80% of health and looking good. Welcome to Orange Crushing It. Well, thank you, Frank. Thank you, Mr. Orange. I'm super grateful to be here. And congratulations, two weeks at the gym is no small feat. So I want to acknowledge your accountability and your consistency for showing up. Consistency is, is, the, uh, is the standard on which everything that I've built from passion to career to health, fitness, consistency is the flagship upon which I sail my life. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been, you know, 5 a.m. every day for about 14 days now. So uh, we're staying fairly consistent with this thing. You know, anytime you roll into big birthdays, it's always, you know, okay, I'm going to do this now, man. But Nick, you're a chef and you're a cook and, you're, and you have all these great attributes. How did you get involved and how did you know that this was your passion? Like, when did that start for you? When did you go, man, I got to do this for the rest of my life? Wow, great question, Frank. Wow, the moment. I don't know if there was a white light moment where it all, like, it just dawned on me or there wasn't a vision where, like, I saw myself doing this in a kitchen or in a gym or anything like that. It has been a very, what I would call, like, experiential and learning experience. So the more I learn about myself, the more I see how it really applies and how it can really contribute to the rest of the people, like other people who I am connected with and who I serve. And so I think it's really, like I said, it's about like consistency is the flagship on which I kind of sail my life. It really has just been because of consistency. Now that doesn't mean to say that there hasn't been like the right mentors or the right wild man in my life to show me things that I wasn't seeing. 
but I don't know if there was like, I did, it wasn't just like I woke up one day and was like, Oh, I see myself doing this. It was just, it's car. It started as like a very slow burn. It started really out of necessity and a necessity to, to like, just stay alive. You know, when health and fitness really started to truly like get onboarded in my life was when I was in treatment about a little over nine years ago. And the only thing that made sense at that time when I was battling my darkest, most like intense demons, I had no idea what one day from now would look like, let alone one year or 10 years. The only thing that made sense was to move and eat as if my life depends on it. And it still does. Wow. That's fantastic. And thanks for sharing that with us, Nick. You know, it, it usually is sometimes in our darkest days that the light hits. And I know people that are in treatment, you know, they say in order to, to get through treatment, you have to have, first of all, you have to hit the rock bottom. You have to be at that point where you go, you surrender to it and say, okay, now is the time that I want to change my life. And that's why, you know, I, I don't know if these stats are hundred percent true, but I do have some personal experience with a very close friend of mine, very close person to me that went through three tours of rehab and treatment and battled a drug addiction for a long period of time. And now it's very clean, but it took three times and it took multiple attempts at this because of the fact that they hadn't hit their bottom. They hadn't committed to, okay, complete surrender to what the situation was. And that, and that willingness, that light that says, I have a will to live. I have a will to keep going in a much better fashion. So congratulations for you for making Thank it to you. the other side. Nine years ago, that's, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's an incredible hero story and incredible uh, accomplishment. So kudos to you. I'll just share this, Frank, what was like one of my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. And every time I'm on a speaking engagement, I actually sing the song. But the song Under the Bridge, Take Me to That Place. You're going to bust out a couple of verses here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live that way. Take me to the place I love. Take me all the way. I really never wanted to live my life like I was when I was in the deep throngs of addiction and alcoholism. It was that bad. Now, it doesn't mean that this path of sobriety is easier because I don't really believe there's anything like an easier, softer way in anything we do in life. There is no magic pill. But I just knew that I never, ever wanted to not wake up and hear the music of life again. Like it was that bad. Wow. But that's incredible. I mean, and you said there's not an easy way, but there are healthy ways. You know, some people trade one addiction for another, right? They, they, they stop doing drugs and alcohol, but then become sex addicts. So they come drugs and alcohol and they smoke themselves to death, right? I mean, you chose a path that's very, very healthy and inspiring. And you've converted that not just into... I'm going to cook and eat well, but I'm going to teach other people how to do that. I'm going to make your kitchen a fun place to go. Because I can tell you from me, okay, if Lucky Charms is gourmet, then I am Chef Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> I eat like shit. I'm not ashamed of that for the most part. You know? I need a guy like you, Nick, in my life to help me get through that. And I bet you there's a ton of people that are listening to this right now, some that are great cooks, some that eat really healthy. 
but consistently, are we doing that consistently? And then there's some that like, man, I would love to know how to do that, but it just seems such a daunting, big deal, right? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. It's like most things, right? People don't want to take it on because they go, oh, it's so easy for you. You know, I don't have the time. I'd rather meal prep. I'd rather have somebody do it for me. I'd rather eat out. Hell, it's easier to eat out, right? How do you get a guy like me, as fit as I am, a guy like me to go, man, I just, I, I want to cook. I want to, I want to create, I want to turn my kitchen into my haven of a place that I want to hang out at. First, where I would start is by simply asking like, why cooking and why now? Like, what is your bigger intention? Before we go anywhere, we have to kind of know the direction in which we're going to be going. Sure. Is cooking for you, Frank, like something that, you know, you just want to improve your, your health. Do you want to create more magic, like just by being able to prepare like simple, healthy, delicious meals for those that you care and love about? Or is it just something that you want to really just like maximize your time and still eat simple, healthy and delicious, but you only put in X amount of time per week and you get this many meals out? Yeah, I would say for me, it's a combination of all of that, right? Yeah. You know, I, I would like to be able to have people look at my stove and go, oh, is this thing brand new? You just get a new appliance, Frank? No, no, I actually use this thing. <laughs> and and then also, uh, look, I'm a single guy. Who wouldn't want to be able to cook a great meal for a, for a guest? Right? I would just be able to entertain. I, I love it when I go to my friend's houses and they can cook up a great meal. And let's face it, you know, I'm 60 years old and I like to eat healthy. I like but when I do those things, I mean, I feel great. You know, I have virility and I have energy and all of those great things. And yet there's still that, yeah, but it's, you can just go across the street. You know, there's a nice restaurant over there. I've got a fish and some veggies and who knows and who cares how it's prepped. It's quick, it's fast and done. Boom. All right, here we go. It's mindset. Now, what I do, yeah. I guess it's true with everything, right? Correct. And so, you know, I have this quote, this sort of value that I live by, which is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So like what I teach is not just like how you cook simple, healthy, delicious meals, but I, I teach you who you are and who you want to be when you are cooking. So essentially, Frank, like what that means is that behind every meal is a story, story of where you have been, story of where you're at right here and right now, and a story about where it is you want to dream and grow into what that really is driving home at, like at the heart of it all is that cooking is love, right? So it's about cooking as a practice of self-love cooking as a, an expression or service of love for others. And not just like I did this, but like, let's have fun. So like, let's not just like, let's have like, let's dance in the kitchen. Like let's, uh, Let's make sure that we are doing the things correctly, but we're also having fun. So that fun can also transfer over to the dinner table where you have like a little mealtime ritual about maybe sharing what was fun for you that day or what you're most grateful for, or who knows, like just really kind of creating that connection that really sustains our life. Because yes, we all need food to survive and thrive but another hierarchical need we need we all need and desire is a sense of belonging and for me food is that great equalizer 
to bring that sense of belonging into our lives. That's a great way to look at it. I mean, I, I, I certainly can say that, I, you know, I don't particularly look at it. I look at it as a, I look at a lot of meals as a fun event, especially when I'm entertaining, right? And you're having people over, you're part of that group. But I don't always think about it just even from a one, one meal and me. You just having a ritual like that, right? Hey, to be grateful and thankful that you have a roof over your head, you have food to eat. And you're, you're, it's healthy or whatever. You just have sustenance in your life. I think that's amazing. And, and here's, the, here's one thing that I'll just, you know, for anyone who's listening in, like, so what I teach in my course and what I teach with individuals uh, and what I do for myself is that before I cook, it doesn't matter if I'm just going to cook a simple breakfast or cook an elaborate meal. What I do every time before, every time I step into the kitchen, Frank, is I take five big deep breaths before I pick up a knife, before I turn on the stove, before I pull anything out of the fridge. Because what I want to do is I want to be radically present. Because if I can't be present, then I can't really have that intention. I can't really bring that story into the meal. Then the other side of that is the physiological side. So, you know, I'm also sharpening my mind as much as I would be sharpening my knife. Okay, so with those five big deep breaths, I calm my mind down. And as a result, I calm my gut down. And we all know there's a big connection highway between our head and our gut. Right. And by calming our gut down, I'm then better able to absorb the nutrients of that simple, healthy, delicious meal I'm about to prepare and eat for myself. That's a great way to look at it. And it's a great little ritual that you're doing too. I think in many cases, again, I'm really speaking for myself, but I, I tend to believe that this is, you know, fairly common that people separate the I'm going, to, I'm going to meditate or I'm going to get into a great state. And they separate that as different than I'm going to eat a healthy meal. And if I'm hearing you right, what, I, what I'm taking away from that is that they're very both much the same. Because, you know, healthy body helps to create a healthy state of mind and vice versa, right? Positive attitude reduces inflammation, positive attitude, positive energy, positive outlook helps you not get cancer. It prevents sickness, much like food does, the right foods, right? Integrating both of those, that thought process and a proper meal help overall the complete balance of the quality of life. And Absolutely. I think sometimes you just kind of split it and go, well, I, you know, I ate some protein or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever that looks like. There's nothing wrong. Like I don't have any issues with people counting or anything. Like I know that people are aiming for numbers, macros, whatever have you. But like at the end of the day, like what, what is really most important for me when I teach people how to cook about the art and the joy of cooking is like really bringing that full presence and awareness of self into the kitchen with you. And that's why that breathing is so critical and so essential. And imagine if you took five big deep breaths before every single meal that you cooked for one year, like your enjoyment, your ritual for cooking you won't even think about what it was like when you first got started. Like I was afraid to start or I was, didn't really want to start. You'll be so zoned in, locked in that you won't want to even go out to eat anymore. Like me. Well, that would be a massive change. <laughs> now I'm not saying I don't go out to eat, but there's some pride in being able to provide that, that meal, that service, that love for myself and for those that I care about. Awesome. That's, that's a great way to look at it. 
Nick, you coach people, you know, part of your business, you know, with wild joy is not just teaching people how to cook, but it's also getting them in the right mindset and about cooking and about their health and about their life. What would you say is the quintessential goal of what you do? Fill in the blank on the sentence. I succeeded with a client when? So my primary focus when coaching is I work pretty much exclusively with men. And a lot of my coaching evolves around men's work, really trying to identify where it means uh, to be a man in this world. But more than that, like I succeeded with a client when they realized that their happiness depends on the choices that they make for their life. Like it's not external. So I succeeded in helping a client understand that they have, that attachments are the number one blockage to one's happiness. Attachments. What do you mean? Can you be more specific on that? What do you mean by attachments? Attachments can be, for me, I'll just speak for myself, but attachments to, you know, success, attachments to an individual, a person, a relationship, an attachment to, let's say, like during this time of COVID, like things opening back up again. Mm-hmm. So an attachment is something that I have that I think uh, or I believe that I need to have this in order to be happy. Wow. I've, I've heard a phrase, I, what I'm hearing you say very much mirrors that, is trade your expectations for appreciation. So that's in essence losing the attachment. Lose the attachment to a particular outcome. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the yes. process, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, the root cause of attachments is, is you know, fears, beliefs, mm-hmm. and fear of not getting what I want or fear of losing what I have. And I think we all have that, right? Some yeah. Level. I would be surprised, other than the uh, the gentleman who climbed El Capitan without a a, a rope. <laughs> I think we all have that fear. Yes. <laughs> yes. But who's that guy that swims under ice and all that? The Wolfman. Oh, Iceman Hawk. Ice, yeah. Oh yeah. Ice, yeah. Oh man, that guy's nuts. <laughs> I, I'll have to get him on the show one of these days. Although he'll probably make me do it in Alaska or something, half naked, and I, I will refuse. <laughs> So, Nick, why the choice to work more with men than women? What made you decide, you know, that was more your calling to rather than not well, to single out the ladies here or not to, like, put you on the spot? But, like, I tend to I, – I coach a lot of people, but I would say probably 70% of my client base are women. Why just guys? Well, first and foremost, like, I'm a man, and I just feel like in a group of men or individually with another man, like, I'm – I think – as men, when we're together, either sitting across from each other, just on a one-on-one basis or in a group, I think that allows me as a man to open up. So I think that there's just a connection just between man on man that really helps open up the heart. And to me personally, why men? I just believe that, how do I say this in, um, without getting too carried away, but what I'm really interested in why, why my company is called Wild Joy is that I really want to put men in touch with their wild man. Like we have lost as men the initiation process from boyhood to manhood. And I believe that if that was a, more of a consistent thing, 
that a lot of the systemic problems that we are facing today, they would go away or they would alleviate. Wow, that's a great statement. And yes, I believe that what you're saying is 100% true here. What do you think caused that? What do you think brought that apart? What's been the deterioration of that wild man mentality and guys? And if, I guess if you had to say this was, you know, not this is a root cause of one particular thing, it's probably, you know, environmental changes, there's economic changes, governmental changes, there's, you know, relationship, you know, we're going through COVID and, you know, the dynamic between men and women and all the things that are changing and evolving. What do you think caused one of the biggest changes? And if, in your opinion, what is the one or two things that people can do to get back into that wild man, that claiming themselves as a man mentality? Great question, Frank. So I'm going to start with your first question of as to why I think this has gone on. In my opinion, and I even from some of my experience, I believe it was, it's been a severe lack of leadership, a lot of naivete from males. And so I feel like there's a severe lack of leadership of at least addressing the question, the very root of the question, like, what does it mean to be a man? So no one's addressing, like, the leaders of the world are not addressing this question. And they're not in touch with that wild man, right? They're not in touch with the ability to even grieve, right? They're not in touch with the warrior or the lover, the magician or the sovereign king. You're right. They're not. And so I think it's a lack of leadership or someone, people not seeing that there, we, there needs to be leadership amongst what it, like, like having conversations, simple, creative, fun conversations around what it means to be a man and hard conversations, difficult ones too. Yeah. I, I think there's something been lost as well. Like you said, you know, the, the getting in touch with the king and the sovereign getting up through those, all those different aspects of a personality. But I also think that we're tending to live more in a society now that is very catering to the exception. So the inner voice of, you know, I, I need to be a man. I want to be strong. I want to stand up as a man. I have strong male values, strong male energy. And it's okay. It's okay to honor that. You know, I don't have to be feminine all the time. I have, it's okay to be soft and sensitive and caring and loving and all those feminine traits, right? The, the goddess energy, if you will. Damn it, I'm a guy, and, and I like being a guy, and I like being masculine, right? So tapping back into that and owning it, I think that's fantastic that you're, you're recognizing that and helping guys to do that. What, what would be a couple of methods that you do? Well, I think the, there's, there's a few things that I would say. I'll say the first thing is, like, if you really want to be in touch with your wild man or wild woman, right? We're all humans on this earth. And we all inhabit this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful planet. And what I would say is just go spend a weekend in nature. Get into your wild side there. Jump around on trees, like bang around on the tree. Like just <laughs> like if you were just a little kid, like in the woods, just like let it go and scream and shout and like have no judgments about yourself. The other suggestion, I guess, is a little bit, I guess there's two answers to the same question, but wild man is also finding that mentor or that group. So find a men's group. There's a really amazing group called uh, Sacred Sons, which I am a, a steward of. Right now, they're doing a lots of online men's gatherings and things as such. So 
it's starting to shift. They're starting, we're starting to see leaders emerge in wanting to bring this work to the forefront of the consciousness of the greater consciousness of the world. And so I think the thing, another thing that's been missing is just like men just getting together is really medicine in all in itself. So maybe it's just a simple book club with a group of men yeah, and just talking, or maybe it's a group of men that go to the gym and work out together. But get involved. So I think there's just trying to find just being in groups of men is really, really powerful and medicinal because it, that brothership is medicine. And then at the same time, like find that mentor, find that person that has something that you want and stick with them. Right. Stay, and like you said, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. So consistency is the key there, right? Get a good coach, get surround yourself with somebody that can motivate you, keep you accountable and get around other guys, you know, get it, tap into that tribal energy again. That's it's inside of all of us, that orange driven, passionate, let's go adrenaline junkie. Let's just go and get yes. it done. You know, that yeah. strong warrior Zeus energy, right? Like Absolutely. that where you can go and be in that safe container where it can be a bit of Zeus and lover, right? Where we can be all of the above. Right. Yeah. So tapping back into that and combining that with food. Okay. You know, I'm here. I am working out. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into my tribal here, Nick. Okay. I'm getting all 100% Zeus energy. And you're my nutritionist. You're my diet guy. You know, okay, Frank, I want you to maintain this. Here's a couple of things that I want to make sure you're eating on a regular basis and maintain that kind of energy. What would, what would you suggest to somebody like that? If you're getting working with guys and you want guys to have that energy, that drive, that, I mean, most guys can you know, tap out by like two o'clock. They get the food coma. They get the, you know, the ability to go and be tribal and be on point all day. If there was a couple of eating tips that you could give people, it would help them maintain that. What would it be? Learn to eat your vegetables. <laughs> uh, ben and Jerry's is a vegetable, isn't it? <laughs> Did it make the food group? No, <laughs> no we're not an Encino man with Polly Shore saying this is uh, the fruit group and your dairy group. No. You know, I think so much, you know, why I say vegetables, like learn how to cook and eat vegetables. Focusing on, and I'm not a vegetarian and I'm not a vegan, so I'm not, I'm not advocating that, but just, you know, especially right now too, where I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, like this is the season to like a bounty of fresh local seasonal vegetables is just like on display. So this is an amazing time. So I say vegetables because I think it will really help cut inflammation. Like the more nutrients, uh, plants, uh, have the most micro and macronutrients available out there in the world. So I'm going to say eat a big ass salad every day for lunch. And the second key to that is like start to master your sauces, which is something that I teach in my cooking courses. I, that's the third module is, we, uh, is called saucing it up, where I teach you how to make your own sauces, your own salad dressings, because you want to be putting in the right types of oils and ingredients into your food, especially from an oil standpoint. You want like olive oil, coconut oil, those pure oils, because those are going to eliminate inflammation. And I feel like if we can be less inflamed, we're going to have that vitality, vitology, vitality for 
more energy to take care of what we need to in business. It's going to increase sex drive. It's going to increase testosterone. I know as men, like that's all something that we're really looking for. And so I think we need to clean up the diet so that we can clean up our sex life and we can clean up our health and clean up the drive that we want for business and our purpose, our mission, and our legacy. Absolutely. And now you, now you have even more people interested because you said the magic word, sex life. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It doesn't come in a, uh, my course doesn't come in a unanimous box to your door. You know, yeah, don't like, you wish, huh? I mean, we should be great. <laughs> make, make me the sex salad. I'll have a big bowl oh, of that every day. Oh, that's a great recipe me. idea, Frank. Oh, there you go, Nick. You got great. a table. You got to tag that, own that. So, okay, we're going to have one salad. big sex Beautiful. salad today. <laughs> 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 All right. well i do joke about this and and i'm not advocating anybody do this but i do think i know frank that you would mention that you maybe you mentioned here on this but you're interested in learning how to cook because you're back dating again and how meaningful it might be for a date to be able to cook a meal for someone and so yes like you get you know i do love like joking around about sex salad and all those things but there's nothing more meaningful than bringing connection, nourishment, and love into the world than a shared meal. And I, that's really what drives, that's my heart speaking there. Yeah, well, I, I, I resonate with what you're saying, Nick. And, you know, I've started to check out some of your modules. And I'll tell you, they're highly informative. And I recommend people check them out as well. Nick, thank you for being on my show today. It's yeah, very, very you. informative, brother. Uh, very informative. You've got me thinking about my, I want to go have a big bowl of salad and just from now on, <laughs> you've reframed this for me, brother. And that's, that's a, but seriously, no, seriously, uh, you know, I understand the power of vegetables and look, it, inflammation, when the body is inflamed, it can't move. It's like anything else, right? You, you put glue on something, it doesn't move. You, you, you pack stuff into a bag or you fill up your trunk. You put garbage in everywhere, clutter and everything else. It becomes difficult to move around. It makes sense. Get rid of the inflammation in your body. Your body moves forward. It moves faster. It moves more you know, systematically. And with motion creates emotion. Emotion creates your destiny. So it all ties together. Nick, how can people get a hold of you? And I recommend that you do, folks that are listening out here, because Nick is, he'll teach you how to, how to cook. Guys, especially if you're out there and you're looking for a fun way to do it, a fun way to, to, to tap into health. And I mean, it's the podcast, you can't see him, but he's a really good looking guy. If you want to look like this guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, great question. They can reach out to me. I'll just throw my email out here. And, and what I'd love to offer, Frank, if it's okay with you, a free complimentary coaching session for anybody who thinks that this might really resonate with them. Absolutely. I think, you know, if anybody gets a hold of you, Nick, and they reference Orange Crushing It, and you want to offer that up to them, you know, so that they heard it here, give it to them. However you want to do it, Nick, it's it's 100% your gift. And I think it's amazing that you would want to do that. So, yeah. So how can people, what's your email address so people can reach out to you? Yeah, it's N-I-C-K at W-Y-L-D. J-O-Y.com. Okay, Nick at WildJoy, W-Y-L-D-Joy.com. And then if, for, if you're on the Instagram, my handle is at W-Y-L-D-J-O-Y. You could also reach me there. So yeah, I think those would probably be the two best 
ways to get in touch. And I would love to anybody that this really lands with or this really resonates, you want to change anything that you want in terms of being more connected with food or just better health, being more connected. I'd love to have a conversation with them. And and please do reference Mr. Orange here. And I'm thinking of an orange crushing it smoothie that I'm going to share with you once I have it. I've been working on it. So I'm going to share that with you. Dude, I would love to have a recipe for a very health-driven orange crushing it smoothie. I, I had a woman on here. One of the, uh, the podcasts I did was with a woman that sells essential oils. And she sent me the orange oil and told me how valuable it actually is and how it increases vitality and energy. And so I, I take the oil and I smell it every day. Now, if I could start my day off with an orange crushing it smoothie, too, on top of that with the oil, man, un. Stoppable. Yes. Unstoppable. I love it. Yes. I'm working on it right now. So I need a couple more iterations on it, but I'm I'm very close. All right. Well, Nick, thanks so much for being on the show today. You definitely embody orange energy. You're driven, you're passionate, and you're a contributor, man. You're always giving back and giving and making the world a better place to be. I appreciate you being on the show today. Again, if you want to get a hold of Nick, he's at Nick at WildJoy, W-Y-L-D-Joy.com. Thanks for being on Orange Crushing It. Thanks for having uh, taken some time with me today. I really, truly appreciate you and everybody out there. Have an amazing day. Stay healthy and stay inspiring, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds and please write a badass review. You can reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, all.